podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. All right, everybody. This is the Talking Texas podcast. My name's Daniel. It's the child have hope. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter, on SoundCloud. If you're listening on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five-star review, and we will read it on the show. Next week, I'll check. I promise. So if anybody feels like leaving an iTunes review next week, it shall be read. Yeah, we do a Patreon. So if you want to help support the podcast monetarily, yeah, support, check support, us out bro. on Patreon, $3 a month. Join up, man. Join up. Don't, don't be a bunch of losers. Join up. Man. I'm not as forceful with it, considering, or forceful with it, considering like, you know, it is a pandemic. So where can people find you on the internet, Double H, before we start? Well, you can find me on my personal site, Half a Pot. On my on the main football site, halfofootballhot.com, or you can find me on the streets giving to the people. And I'm at Daniel to look on Twitter. Carl is doing some writing at the at the moment. We uh, hope Carlos. Yeah. Carlos. Plus, it's, this, is, this is a good week that he's not here because the first topic would have devolved into this, an all-out war. Mm. So I'm glad I know have hopes on my side on this one. I think let's let's start with you know there was there was some football news today. I suppose um, Spurs played Everton. Mm. And uh, if anybody was paying attention to the game, there was an instance where Rochalison had a shot that was pretty close to Larissa's goal. He didn't want to take the goal kick afterwards. And I was watching, I was, I was kind of confused, like, what's going on? And come to find when they showed, like, the replay of it, Sun didn't track his runner. Like, he initially pressed. And then once the, the ball was played around him, he kind of didn't keep running or track back. And that eventually led to Rochalison's shot. And Larissa was pretty pissed. So at halftime, Sun and Loris had beef in the way inside the tunnel for the world to see. Loris charges towards Sun, starts remonstrating towards him and so forth. Um, and then it looks wild and crazy. But let's keep it real. Let's be real. If the very same thing happened, but Pep was the manager or Klopp was the manager, would people make such a big deal? The massive deal being made is because, oh, it's Mourinho. And I think once he now... See, because this happened... Was when we were recording for Bulldoggers and me and Nick were like, oh, whoa, what the heck? But we had no context. All we just saw was, oh, son and thingy gets into a fight. So do you know what I was thinking? I was thinking Kieran Dyer and Liboya. Do you remember that? Where two teammates started fighting on the pitch. Yeah, and they literally tore their shirts and, and everything. Literally the wildest thing that I've, I've ever seen in, 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 my, in my life, probably in, in, in football, because they hated each other. And also when you do your background, Liboya was, was a bit of a racist, I believe. So I thought it was that. But then when you now view the footage, because it was at halftime, even before everything, I was like, this has to be like a tactical thing or an instructional thing, not a personal thing. Mm-hmm. So once you understand that, then it's like, okay. But then because it's Mourinho, people want to make that leap. And if, let's say, Tottenham had lost the game, oh my gosh, that would have been like front page news and everything. So, But now they won the game and, and so forth. It's like, if you're making a big deal out of it, it's because you you need the narrative of ah Mourinho is the man where wherever he goes he creates toxicity. You know ah this now links in well with Undombele and so forth. Yes, it all makes sense. Mourinho the, the the evil one. So right, but see we have to contextualize this with they lost the last game pretty badly. Part of Mourinho's strategy was kind of calling out his team's lack of intensity and challenging their manhood in some ways. Loris probably took that criticism to heart and was like, look, the manager's been on our necks for the past two, three, four days about our lack of intensity. And then you decide not to track your runner. So as captain, it's kind of my duty to call you out. And that can lead, I guess, to you know a confrontation of sorts. But yeah, I don't think it was anything personal. It was just that kind of professional pride why didn't you run? It led to a chance on my goal that if it was on target, I couldn't have saved. And maybe you could have done something to help prevent that. So I think Mourinho is being the kind of, he's pulling the strings. I, I, it's a reaction I think he would like to see. And I think he even said it was beautiful in the in the post-match press conference because he, he knows what that means in terms of, I haven't been seeing this kind of fight and spirit in the team. At least them fighting shows that they care on some level. And when you call out someone like Sun, who everybody pretty much loves, it goes to show that it's not necessarily about him, the person. It's just about what he did. 
And if Sun can get it, anybody can get it. So if that's an example to a Lucas Mora or an Aurier or somebody who you might think is a little bit more questionable with their effort, or maybe gives too much. <laughs> Aurier in some instances gives too much effort. Like you kind of want him to calm down a bit. But I, I think it's it's Mourinho being the the puppet master and getting what he wants from the team. And you know, it wasn't a pretty game by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it was a one nil and it was an own goal. So it wasn't pretty, but as as you say, I think like them getting the three points was paramount. So it's it's just it's Jose being Jose. And by the way, oh, how do how how do I frame this? Because it's it's mostly Manchester United fans that I find revel now in the in the misery of of uh, Jose Mourinho. I don't understand it. So a stat came out today. Since United Mar- fans need to need to just chill. Worry about your own team. Leave <laughs> leave a treble winning coach, a two term sale winner. It's alone. like they broke up. They're with. The rebound that they wanted, Ollie was a rebound, but you know, you guys decided to marry her, so fine. But now that Jose's doing his own thing, they're still checking the Facebook page and looking at her Twitter and peeping the Instagram. And if you're broke up, break up. Why is everybody, why are y'all still preying every little thing that Maria no, no, does? No, 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 like? no, wait, wait. But maybe it's because it was a very particular relationship and they were born so badly. But, but when they first got together, it was because you had lofty hopes of what the relationship would be like because you're like oh my gosh i finally got this girl this girl that everyone has been talking about this nah, girl that everyone... man. they and hated then... him from the jump they hated him from the jump that's the weird no. part but it was still Mourinho. i remember this maybe you may have seen something different initially initially it's Mourinho. it's the winner like okay we try to go for van Hal, but this is jose Mourinho. and the whole chelsea thing you know what that was an anomaly that was just like a small blemish on his resume. But this is Mourinho who, he, we may not like, his football may not be what Ferguson is. He's going to bring us the kind of success that he brought for Real Madrid and his first stint Chelsea. They lost to Sheffield United. Was it 3-1 in their previous game? Not that I follow that many Sheffield United fans, but you would have thought my whole timeline was Sheffield United just supporters. But come to find... They're all just like Manchester United fans who are happy that, ah, you see Mourinho, he's finished, he's this, he's da-da-da. But then a stat came out today that since he took over Tottenham, he's won more points than Arsenal and Chelsea in that time. Really? Yes. So Spurs, since Mourinho's arrival, have won more points in that time. I think November 20th. was maybe That's maybe when Poch was sacked. I'm not quite sure the exact date when Mourinho was hired. It might have been the next day. Um, so November 20th. Oh, since, okay. since, so, yeah, he, so he, he didn't start the season, did he? Okay. No, because Poch, he, yeah, 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 yeah. Poch got to the Champions League final <laughs> oh, and then was the, sacked like five months later. Moral. But the point is, Mourinho's won more points since he's been appointed than Lampard and Arteta or Arteta plus Emery. But then you, you'll you see people start talking about, you got to give Lampard time. You got to trust Lampard. You know, you got to give Arteta time. He's just starting his program, blah, blah, blah. But Mourinho... Who has done better in that amount of time? Oh, he's finished. He's done. He's a brick manager. He's this. He's that. It's just like, where's the consistency? And Lampard and Arteta are unproven entities. We don't know what they're capable of doing. In his best form, Jose Mourinho was capable of winning you a Champions League. This has been proven on two occasions. He's capable of winning you the the Premier League. That's been proven on three occasions. But, oh, he's finished. He's this. He's that. Are we not even going to give this man a transfer window? a summer transfer window at that before we just determine he's already finished. It's because people are so salty against this man and I don't understand it. What did he do to you? That the hate is almost like, yo, did, did he slap your mother? Like what personal thing did Jose Mourinho do to you that no, you no, hate no, no, him no, this but, much? The hate no, no, can't no, just no, be no, about no, football. No, no, it has to be no, something no, no. I'm looking at some, basically, basically, I'm looking at some of the comments and I'm remembering what some of the United fans were saying and just some conversations I've had. It is the notion that players that United fans had lots of hope for, specifically Pogba and Martial, who they would have wanted to see really develop and really grow. They say he was responsible for stunting their growth in, 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 with his whole, I'm going to criticize you in public tactic. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. So I'm just trying to come from their point of view. Is it Mourinho's fault that they're weak mentally? Is it his fault that they can't take a bit of criticism? Oh, no, oh, no. But then, see, this now comes to the whole thing of football manager. So, so a football manager, there's this, there's this thing you can do where you can criticize a player privately or publicly. And you need to choose that based on the personality of the player. Players respond positively depending on how you criticize them. Someone like Ibrahimovic or Cristiano... If you criticize them in public, 
that will be positive because of their large egos. They'll be like, oh, okay, and that was actually probably get them to, to do be a lot better. So, but, so no, 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 whoa, whoa. So are you saying Pogba's ego is a front? Because if you would think Pogba has a pretty large ego. I think the thing with Pogba, it was deeper than just the criticism. I think it was a case of the relationship. So it's a, it's a mixture of the public criticism and the behind-the-doors relationship that he had with M- Mourinho. So that kind of concoction didn't blend well. Whereas Mourinho may have may obviously had a much better relationship with Ibrahimovic. So if he would go and say, well, Ibra, he, he didn't do too well too today. Ibra was like, oh yeah, I get it. But because Pogba, did, they, they got off on the wrong foot and they didn't really vibe well, him now saying, nah, Pogba, he ain't doing too well. Pogba, who may react positively, a manager said that's who he got along with, he's going to be like, what? After the arguments we had and so forth, after the things you said to me in training, you now insult me publicly? Man, screw you. I'm not making the argument that Mourinho is a perfect manager, unblemished, who like makes no mistakes. Like, Of course, the guy makes mistakes and he doesn't press the right buttons with the right people all the time. That's just life. Where I'm going is, is that how come unproven managers are getting the benefit of the doubt, but Mourinho isn't? He's been in our consciousness since 2003, 2004, that we just think we understand everything about what this man is and what he's going to do before he does it. So he gets no benefit of the doubt. It's just like, yo, this guy's a poison no matter what he does. Because if if Mourinho is a poison and Lampard and Arteta have got less points, then what are they? Or it's just because they're new that they get like a chance. The scales are even. And maybe, and maybe you could say Mourinho has done so much in the past that he's proven that, you know, whatever he does is going to be a bad thing. He's done good stuff at the same time. Mourinho has one of those personalities where there is no in-between. You either love him or you hate him. If you love him, you really love him. If you hate him, you really despise him. From the very beginning, people will just have a perception. There's just something about this guy that I don't like. And there's a certain (laughs) arrogance about him that I I don't like. I want you to tell me what that is. I'm going to stick with it. His arrogance. The way that he operates. Like... Danny, come on, use your logic here. You're a, you're a smart dude. The reason why I love Mourinho is why people hate him. Understand why people would hate Mourinho. See, I just say, why could you hate him just as a laugh? I 1,000% know why people hate him, because why I like him. Because he is totally different from the kind of person you'd expect as a manager. His arrogance is why I think, for me, he's the greatest manager of all time. But his arrogance for the people robs people really the wrong way. And his personality and just how in your face he is, and just how abrasive and very black and white his tactics are and so forth and how he talks and how he carries himself, I find it amazing. But for other people, they, they find it annoying. When you understand that he's got a very... Pat- if you have such a strong character, there are no shades of gray. There are no shades of gray. So why people will like him is why people will hate him because he's very extreme. He's into Ancelotti. How could you hate Ancelotti? He's just there. <laughs> you know, like trust is just there, you know. Bombarino is mm, he's this and he will always be this. Is his but okay, is his arrogance unfounded? Has he not won the title in England three times? Has he not won uh La Liga once? Has he not won what's the other league I'm missing? Serie A once or twice? Has he not won two Champions Leagues once with Porto? Did he not win uh Europa League twice? Maybe even three times? I think twice. It's not like his arrogance is some unfounded, unproven thing. Like he's no, no, some... no, no, no. But this is all about the human perception and humanity. You see a guy, and just for some reason, you can see it in school or in a workplace. There's something about him you just don't like. Now, when this guy is successful, there's nothing you can say. You just have to bite your lip and say, "Well done." But when he fails, oh my gosh, you're going to go in. But you couldn't go in because when he won, you're like. I don't like this guy, but if he won, I can't I can't hate to him because he's won. The facts of the matter are he gave Chelsea their first ever major trophy. The facts of the matter are he ran Pep out of La Liga. The facts of the matter <laughs> is he's probably responsible. He's probably responsible of turning Cristiano Ronaldo to a goal-scoring machine. Facts of the matter are he made Ozil arguably the best playmaker of his generation. The facts of the matter are he gave an Italian team their only ever treble. Those are facts. <laughs> and those are unprecedented first time things for clubs. It's like no manager has success all the way through. So you're always going to have your your lows and uh, and everything. But but the fact of the matter is, if Mourinho same resume was Ancelotti, no one is going to say anything. 
So when he has his issues and everything, it, no one will, will say anything. If um, Mourinho had that whole Bayern Munich thing that Ancelotti had, oh my God, people would be good. Oh my gosh, Mourinho, he's finished, he's done at like that. Who said Ancelotti was finished when that whole Bayern Munich thing happened? When the players said, man, Ancelotti, this, this, this guy's trash, get him, get him away. And your pankins came and almost made them, took them to a Champions League final after he came out of a retirement home. But because it's Ancelotti, yeah, it just didn't work out. Let's move on. But if it's Mourinho, any failure, boom, he's done, he's finished. He's That's because of his personality. Okay. I'm not particularly keen of Conte's personality and his managerial style. I think most people who listen to the podcast know that. But when Inter Milan lose, I don't enjoy him losing in the same way. But it's like Manchester United fans and I guess some Spurs fans, even some Chelsea fans to a, to an extent, definitely Real Madrid and Barcelona. When Mourinho loses, it's, let's pop the champagne. And maybe people love football so much that the flip of that means that they hate things so much. Because, you know, they say love and hate is... It's, it's a very similar emotion, just that it's kind of flipped. So maybe like the love that you have for Manchester United is just so deep that anybody who comes and ruins it, you have to hate them with as much love as you love the thing. Maybe I just don't take it that deep. And I just accept Mourinho for what he is. He's just an entertaining oh, 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 kind of guy. Homeboy said, so he literally called Wenger a voyeur. Why are we supposed to like him when he says stuff like this? He's annoying. If Arsenal fans hate Mourinho, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand. I understand it. Like, so when Arsenal fans will retweet uh, Wenger pushing Mourinho in the touchline, I get it. Mourinho v. Wenger, Mourinho Arsenal, I understand that. I understand it. Yeah, no, no. And also, like, is, there, is calling someone a voyeur, is that necessarily a terrible term? Yes. <laughs> Do you know what a voyeur is? Isn't it sexual? Yeah, that's like uh, like a peeping tom, I think, where you like, oh, you know, on, you like it's looking cute. inside people's houses and in their windows and stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's next. And then he called was... him a specialist in failure and then beat him by six. Like, come on. <laughs> if Arsenal fans want to hate Mourinho, I get it. If Barcelona fans want to hate Mourinho, I get it. He poked, uh, what's, what's the dude's name? Tito? He like mm. poked his eye out, he gouged his eye. And he was with Real Madrid and what he did with Inter against Barca. I understand it. But Manchester United, oh, why are Manchester United fans hating? Chelsea fans, why are you hating? He's the greatest manager in the history of Chelsea Football Club. Why do you hate this guy? This is interesting. This is that his personality is leading to his failure. This is maybe a case of, okay, his personality and so forth. Um, I'm the special one and everything. Great success with Chelsea. Great success <laughs> with Real Madrid. Great success with Inter Milan. But now he's maintained that personality, maintained that whole thing. But now... He's not receiving the same success as before. But guys, let's just keep it real now. When he went to Man United, he did win trophies. I know he won win. everything except the Champions League and the Premier League. Everything else he won. Yeah, because he, he won the UEFA Cup, didn't he? He won the League Cup. He won the FA Cup. He won the Europa League. And there was another trophy in there, I think. Charity Shield? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> <laughs> when he when, when, when he made everybody hold up three fingers for like yeah, the worst yeah, trouble yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but see, I, I don't know. I guess things like that annoy people. But if you're a Manchester United fan, why would that annoy you? United, he won trophies. Facts. But they like no, he won trophies there. If you look at what's we called Tottenham, it remains to be seen. Now, I always knew this would this would never work, mm -hmm. and I will still hold and say Mourinho is never winning a major trophy with Tottenham. It's not happening. Because Daniel Levy is not a guy who will happily invest into buying players. I don't want to go into any more details than, than that. He didn't um, win the FA Cup according to the comments. So my bet on that one. He didn't win the FA Cup? No. Liars. Um, but so, Van Howe won it. Oh, it was Van Howe. Yeah. So so <laughs> all that's left here is Tottenham, where I believe that he's not going to win a trophy as a Tottenham. I don't think there's any manager who will win a trophy with Tottenham with this team and with the chairman that's Daniel Levy is. But to disrespect what this man has done in football, because I'm sorry, whether you like it or not, Hatoli wants two CLs with two different teams. Has Pep done that? Has he? No, he hasn't. Don't <laughs> deny this guy's impact on football. Whether you like it or not, he has a legacy. Whether you like it or not, he's made an impact. Whether you like it or not, he has more swag, more personality, than most than any manager in history. He is revolutionary as a manager. Those are just facts. Deal with it. Have a, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave it here. I don't think people hate Mourinho the manager. They hate Mourinho the man. But that level of hate, I'm trying to understand, like, what did he do to you personally 
to where you have this level of hate for him. If he didn't sign your autograph, if he kicked your dog, if he slapped your mother, if he burned your house down, if he stole the offering out of your church plate, like, okay, I would understand he's done some bad things to you. Wait, 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 wait. But wait, if wait, he's wait. just been the manager of a football wait, club, Daniel, why do you Daniel, hate ha- this guy? Daniel, have you been living under a rock for the last how no, many no, no, years? No, 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 no. I'm asking the level of hate that I see towards this individual from people that do not know him makes no da- sense. Daniel, again, <laughs> have you been living under a rock with regards to how football works? Do any of these guys know who Messi is personally? Do I don't understand that Christian? either. But this is what I'm saying to you. It's I cannot just... like somebody like Conte. I gave you the example, no, 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 but no, no, I don't no, but, but actively but, hate this man. There I don't are, wish there evil are some on him. Things, there are some things in life that just are. People love, let me repeat, people love to hate. <laughs> people love to hate more than they love to love. Because Ooh, that's a bar. Write it down. Write that yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People love to hate more than they love to, to, to love. 100%. There's a specific kind of urge and energy that just fills people with, with, with a certain kind of desire to, to, to hate. So the way in which people hate a Lionel Messi, if you're a Cristiano fan, they hate a Cristiano if you're a Messi fan, they hate on Barcelona if you're a Madrid fan, they hate on Man United if you're a Liverpool fan. When I speak to Liverpool fans, they hate they have for Man United. It is, I was like, my gosh, is it really that, that deep? So I remember when I went to Fan Park and then Terry Floors, the way, because I think as we were watching United against Liverpool and he's a United fan, the way that this guy just went red, full on pink, because um, <laughs> Liverpool had sort of done something. I was like, man, bro, what the heck? It's like you have kids and stuff. Like, is is it really that deep? People just sort of like really go in and have a serious hate for pe- for people and for clubs and for things, which is, which is crazy. If you don't like him, fine. But the the hate or just the the reveling in somebody's misfortune. I I can I, I can enjoy it to a level, but there's just a it, it, when you cross a line, I noticed the line that was longer than I anticipated. <laughs> Uncle Mo brings out the. the so are, are are we going to talk about Pep losing? So yeah, this would have been a good moment to have Carl on because Man City lost to Southampton by one goal to nil. City have how many losses this season? Nine. Nine. Yes, yeah, nine. Or nine. Do you, how do you think Guardiola's kind of. Man City careers prospects are right now. Do you think like this is the end of the line? Do you think he's going to go for another year? Um, which once we add in the complication of the Champions League and perhaps being banned for a year or two, do you think that has any influence on what's going to happen heading into 2021? When you look at that, that looks that looks pretty nasty. What are we looking at, Hapo? Describe it for the people who can't listen or who oh, can't yeah. watch. Oh. So we're looking at the Premier League table. So with 30, 33 games played, Liverpool have 89 points. Man City have 66 points. Damn. And I believe that is a 23 points gap. You would be correct, sir. Wow. And they have the exact same goal difference. That is that, <laughs> That's that. even more crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that wow. Liverpool's I just saw goal that. difference is only 47. Interesting. And and Atalanta have still scored the most goals in all of Europe, I believe. Or maybe those four goals by Barcelona have changed this. But yeah. um, Man City have scored nine more goals than Liverpool have. But Liverpool have 23 more points. I'm starting to think, yo, Liverpool's season is a bit it's a bit dodgy, isn't it? <laughs> if we're looking at the numbers. Because how, how can how can Man City have more goals than an even goal difference, but they have 23 more points? What the hell? So they were winning just go winning games by one goal every Look, time? Maths is overrated. As I always told you, maths is overrated. It's, it's, it's uh, not, not as I think it is. The, the more investigation we do into this Liverpool season, when it's over and done with, five years from now, I think well, that this, I think this is going to be like the fifth best uh, campaign ever won. No, no, no. Wait. It's, it, it's all dependent on if they break the points rec record. Even if they break the points record. I don't care about the points record. What? What the heck? No, 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 what? no. Okay. Wait, 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 you don't care, no. Look Keep who the they're break. doing it against. Nine lost City, nine lost Leicester, nine lo- ten lost Doesn't Chelsea. Matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It, it matters. If they break the points record, it's now, it's between who scored the most goals, the Invincibles, and the most points. No, If they get some over 100 points, I'm sorry, that's a stat. I can make an argument that the Chelsea team that beat the Invincible Arsenal, even though they lost one game and ended up with 95 points, when they only conceded 15 or 16 goals, is just as impressive as this Liverpool team. 
even though they'd have an accrued we were, however many points. But but they were going yeah. against peak Arsenal, peak uh, no one, Sir, no Sir Alex. Will, no, you don't will remember. You don't understand. That's not how it works. History works with what did you do? People say, oh, well, what did you do? But who did you play I'm against? I'm not getting oh, caught in the no. moment of, oh, it's 2020. So the thing that happened in 2020 is the best. I think there can be context. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is for, forget what, what year it is. If a team had the most points ever recorded, that is a stat that stands out. If a team went through unbeaten, that stands out. If a team scored the most goals, that's a stat that stand, stands out. What about so, the team that concedes the less goals? Yeah, that's yeah, that stands out as well. So but, that's that Chelsea but, team in 2004, 2005. But, they conceded but, 15 goals in a season. But let's be real. Let's be real and let's be ob- objective. History will look more favorably on a team who accumulated the most points than the team that conceded the least. That's just facts. Okay. People will be more favorable to the team that scored the most numbers, goals. Bro. What do you mean? I mean, it would, you're looking at the table and determining greatness through tables. The no, no, point no. here is that Man City have been all comparable in every stat except for points, which means there must be something funky that's going on with Liverpool's performances that City can have more goals and an even goal difference and Liverpool have 23 more points. That means Liverpool must be doing something weird in their games to where you have a gap that large with gold mean? numbers and defense numbers that even or even better. No, 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 no. Based no. <laughs> what is this? Is that they've, look? We've seen the season they they've had. They've not played well. Exactly. Played so, so they, we were able to what? Who turned you into a stat merchant? I thought this was all about the eye test. What's happening no, no, to no, my no, guy? No, 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 no. Basically, you don't, you don't, you don't understand. There is an objective way of viewing this thing as objective. I personally, for me personally, wouldn't put this their season historic. That's just for me personally. But I'm talking objective and real. If they break the points record, that is historic. If they don't break we the, don't, the points record, that. no I'm one cares. I'm not arguing that. But if we're talking about the merits of which team is better, then I think the eye test must come into equation. It has to be a variable in the equation. Oh, no, no, no. But that is why many people have said that despite the 23 points gap, De Bruyne has arguably been the best player this season in the Premier League. And it's probably been one of the best players in Europe. It's been such a weird season because you're like... I'm Bruyne making the argument the that Man City last points. season is more impressive than Liverpool this season, even if Liverpool end up with 104 points. Well, for me, I'd say no. Man City, the 100 points season. Because I watched Man City last season do what they do with a hot Liverpool behind them. Like, if they slipped up one time, Liverpool would have won the league and they didn't. To me, that's more impressive than just destroying a league and not even being impressive. Do you see what I'm getting at? Like, the context of the season matters when we try to determine greatness. But but I still think there is no discussion needs to be had until let's just see what happens. If they don't break the points record, who cares? Because if if I see 101 or 105, I'm like, okay, hold up. Just like when City got to 100, like, excuse me, 100 points? What? Excuse me? Excuse me? Yeah. You have you have to hold up. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying it's not impressive. What I'm saying is when we compare it to other things that have happened in the past, I there's an argument contextually that this Liverpool season will be maybe top five ever. But people holding it as, oh, this is the greatest thing we've ever seen just because they get 104 points. No, not necessarily. That's all I'm saying. Because I think Man- Manchester City last season was more impressive than whatever Liverpool do this year. Because oh. one slip up in like 10 games and they lose. They had to beat Liverpool in January and couldn't lose again. To me, that level of pressure, uh, Liverpool might win and go ahead. Then you have to reply with the win, gold, all of that stuff. It makes it more impressive to me than, oh. oh. People won't, won't give a crap about that though, will they? I don't, so. what, what people, we're, we're here to shape the minds of people who don't know any better. This is our job. Okay? No one's, Us no one's and the people in the comments, we are here to formulate the correct opinion. No one's going to listen to us. We're just, we're just, we're, 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 we're just, we're just, <laughs> just, just, just saying, saying some stuff. Because I think that people will formulate their own opinion and people view things very black and white without context. That's just the sad reality of things. How is, how is yeah, 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 HH the responsible one on this? Daniel needs to be put under review. <laughs> oh, oh, how so? What do you mean? I don't know. I guess my Mourinho opinions and my anti-Liverpool sentiment not anti Liverpool in the sense that I hate the club. I don't, I, whoever, I don't really care. I'm not jumping on the train of this Liverpool season is the GOAT. 
I refuse to do that because when, when I look at these numbers, it tells me something's funny. 23 points behind with equal goal difference and more goal scores. Something's funny. I don't know what, but something is funny, which makes me think we need to do some more investigating here and find out what exactly is going on. But we've watched the game, so we know what's going on. What's next? What do you want to talk about next? You want to talk about Barcelona? Okay. Real Madrid got a favorable VAR decision, which has caused some controversy in España. Real Madrid, they're getting the favor of the VAR results. It's very rich from Barcelona, who over the history of history has been... 2009, speak on it. (laughs) Speak on it. I don't even want to get into that. I don't even want to get into that. But if we just go look at the remontata and fucking Suarez diving in the box and all that kind of stuff, like Barcelona have gotten decisions... UEFA-Lona is a thing. I'm sure it has its own Reddit page. But the president, Bartomeu, who we talked about last week or the week before last, um, he's come out and said some things about VAR and the decisions and this and that. Do you think something is funny with Spain and the decisions that the top two clubs always seem to get? Or you know, do you make your own luck? Forget about how rich it is coming from Barcelona. I can understand from, a, from players, from fans, a president... Coming out and saying that <laughs> your rivals are being favored by V first of all, it's stupid because VR is a technological device and people just use it. So the phrase already is doesn't actually make any sense. It's illogical because it's the people that use it. This technology can't think on itself independently. It has no feelings. <laughs> it's just is what what it is. So it's the use of it. Mm. But to come out as a president, and say that your opposing team, your rivals are being favored by VR, that's wild. Do you remember when I asked you last week, do you remember when I asked you last week who's better run, Barcelona or the United States? (laughs) This is more evidence, because you know how Trump, this is part of the reason why I have him blocked on Twitter. You know how he'll come out and he'll, he'll have these like conspiracy theories that come out of nowhere, basically? This is almost like that. This is like the president of some country retweeting a conspiracy theory with basically no evidence and the uh, the tangible nature or the believability of the conspiracy theory is strengthened via the fact that a person with that much power is the one that's retweeting it or saying it. So this guy saying, yo, there's something wrong with VAR, it feeds into the conspiracy theory that Real Madrid are getting favorable results or decisions from the way the technology is used. Which is wild and irresponsible if it, if you're looking at it. But I think the way that Trump does it, he's feeding to his base. Like he mm. knows that if I retweet that, I don't know the the race car driver, like the noose, it was a hoax. Wait, wait, then, is it, um, Bubba Wallace. Bubba Wallace. Then people in the South or in those Southern states that love NASCAR and all that kind of stuff that want to think it's false anyway. It, it'll uh, it'll embolden them, or not embolden them, but it'll entrench them with me even further. I think Bartomeu's probably looking at it kind of the same way, where it's like, yo, if I come out and say it's a conspiracy, then all of the cra- <laughs> then all, all of the crazy people, or not crazy, I don't want to call them crazy, but all of the conspiracy theorists for Barcelona who think it's wild will then be like, yeah, this guy's speaking for us, and that will entrench them further with him, which will only help his presidency for Barcelona by the time re-elections come around. Because now he's like a real, I don't know, what's, what's the version of Madridista for Barcelona? Is it UEFA Lona? No, because you know how people who support Real Madrid are called Madridistas. Oh, is what, it, is, is it, what is the is Barcelona it, um, equivalent? It's not Cules, is it? I'm, I'm not sure. But it'll, it'll make him one of those, whatever that hmm. word is. So I understand what he's doing. I just think it's wildly irresponsible because it just fuels shit that doesn't need to be fueled. Okay, for example, I'm not seeing all the VAR. Okay, let's look at two of the VAR, VAR calls. Mm-hmm. The Benzema one, I watched the, the game. It was his shoulder. <laughs> it was his shoulder. I and saw that, that and that's legal. Game. It's legal. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's legal. The... Do you remember the goal that, that, that Balotelli scored with his shoulder? Yeah. Nobody ever complains about that. Oh, there was VAR. That wouldn't have counted. Nobody ever says anything. It's just cool. The ball hit Benzema basically in the same place. Yeah. No, no, no. So, so, so it's, that it's, was fine. It's fine. It's cool. So the Masala one, it was a foul. But see, their thing wasn't that. What was the foul? Their thing was okay, cool. Used VR then, but why didn't he use VR when Sergio Ramos stamped on? I think it was Javi Garcia. Now, when you look at that, Ramos wasn't even looking at him. He was looking straight, stepping backwards. Then Javi Garcia was there. So how can you even lead that to intent? Then someone on Twitter then said that I think it was Messi who did something similar. 
where looking straight, stepping backwards, stepped on someone's foot, but he had no awareness of what was behind him. So again, you're just sort of clutching at straws. The sad thing is, see, this is fear and panic mm. because they know that they could end up being trophyless. So I think it was Bilbao <laughs> who knocked them out of Copa del Rey. They're trying to discredit Madrid, aren't they? That's what yeah. the point of this is. Gotcha. Knocked, knocked them out of thingy. They're four points behind um, Real Madrid. And I still think that Barcelona will still win La Liga, but that's a separate dis- discussion. So there is all this... Don't don't hiss at me. <laughs> so there's all this pressure <laughs> right now. Um, I just thought on, you were Skip Bayless. And I was less like... Because <laughs> <laughs> Skip it's Bayless will turn. hold on. Because it's so obvious that if, if Skip Bayless did football analysis... It's so obvious that Madrid should win. He'll say Barcelona will win. Just on the off chance that if Barcelona win, he gets the credit. And if they don't win, then it's like, ah, oh, they were never going to win anyway. So you kind of making that argument just made me go, skip Bayless. There's no credit in holding on to saying Madrid will win because that's boring. But if you say Barcelona will win, like, ooh, intrigue. Look. Barcelona are going to win La Liga. Um, so there's so much pressure on them in the Champions League now because, again, the last time they were trophyless, I believe, was 2014. So, um, I think so. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't. I think maybe because because I asked the question and someone said, yeah, yeah, it was 2014 last time that they didn't win a trophy. So what that's like, six, six years. So if they end up being trophyless, then... Wait a minute. Even, I'm looking it up. They won the Spanish Super Cup. Supercopa de España. <laughs> no. Basically they were they were they were trophyless. <laughs> they 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 got something. It's not nothing. Okay, okay, okay. So well, maybe this is the first that that's in a long time that they get lit, literally nothing. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> so literally you know. nothing. Yo, you wanna talk about Bayern? All right. So what's going on, man? They beat Leverkusen in the was it the DFP Pokal or whatever it's called? Yeah, DFP Pokal Cup. What was the final score? Four two. Yeah. So Lewandowski, fifty one goals, all competitions. Do you know? I tweeted you. I was like, so you still want that second leg? (laughs) Because it's like, yo, Lewandowski has fifty goals this season. That's 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 a lot of that's impressive. And you have to consider the Bundesliga only plays 34 games in the season. Oh, yeah. You know, if he, if he played four more games, that's perhaps, what, three more goals maybe? But just for a laugh, just for for people around to see. So this is his history. Wait a minute. This is whoscored.com. I thought you were against this website. Well, it's 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 fun though, but yeah, like as a primary, I'm not really a fun, because look, this this is the stats merchant's home. I was just so like, yo, this season, is whoscored.com. I thought Half Hope didn't believe in whoscored.com, but anyway. So this, so yeah, this is actually his, according to Whoscored, his um highest rated season in the Brunswick at eight point one three. Even if I don't even know how they come up with those. Why ratings, do I? Wait, yeah. Is that a nine point two? Is that this season in the Champions League? Champions League, yeah. Eleven, 11 goals, goals in six games. Oh my goodness. That's that's that is. I think I think he scored four goals in one game. I think so. Yeah, 30, thirty-four goals in thirty-one appearances. Only four assists though, so he needs to pass a little bit more, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so last season he played more games and had twelve or less goals. This is what I always said. We can't judge how good Bayern are by Bundesliga standards because they're too good for the league. Way too good. Mm-hmm. So it is really dependent on Europe. I can't take what they've done this season and say if they were to meet Man City or Juventus, they'd be favourites. I can't say that. Which is the issue of the Bundesliga and Bayern beginning them in the Bundesliga. Same thing with PSG defeating Croissant FC or Evia United means nothing. <laughs> FG and Juju Man have successfully converted HH to a stammer. <laughs> <laughs> They haven't done that. <laughs> you know what the problem is? Because you can now do screen share, it's so easy just to get the information. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just like, hey, pull, pull up the numbers. Pull up yeah, the numbers. yeah, and it looks so cool as well. So, yeah. I believe it's Juju, man. I, I need to find out. I'll find him. I'll oh, no, find no him. look. See, I hope he's well because his phone has sort of just... You know how on WhatsApp your phone just sort of like deletes and it goes away? Yeah, he changes numbers all the time. Yeah, yeah. So he's changed his numbers. So basically, I hope he's fine, man. 
Yeah. Maybe he's watching right now. Shout out Juju Man. Um, you wanted to talk about Sancho. There are still rumors mm-hmm. as to whether he's gonna stay at Dortmund mm-hmm. or whether he's gonna go and it seems as if see Chelsea was sort of hovering, but it seems like if the most likely destination is Man United. So where's he from? He's from London, right? South London, my South London, South. Mm-hmm. But he he grew up in the Man City Academy, is that correct? Yep. Yep. So he knows Manchester well. So interesting. We'll see. Um we'll just but, keep tabbed on that. But but I was hearing though that he may that he has a a um preference. I think he's more of a London dude. So he grew up in Manchester, but he's much more of a of a London dude than he is a um a Manchester dude. Hence why Chelsea could possibly have but and bro, if Chelsea were to get Sancho, that would be, be huge. See, I've been now, seeing links with um Havertz more so than Sancho. If I had to guess, he probably stays another season and waits until next summer when people have more money, hopefully, after the virus is over. Because hmm. he, he, you can't ruin your reputation like as a player like that at Dortmund. So he'll just have another so, great season. So, okay, then let's get this step. If you're Sancho, transfer window to join Man I'm United. staying at Dortmund. If I'm him, I'm staying at Dortmund, and I'm hoping that somebody like, I don't know, Eden Hazard has a terrible season or Coutinho gets sold or Dembele gets sold, and then you look at one of the Spanish clubs to go to. Ooh. So so why wouldn't you do United then? Why wouldn't you do the United move? Because they're set. The whole the front three of Greenwood, Martial, and Rashford, that should be what they go with for the next okay. three, two, three years. So, okay, so, so, so you think that he will have to battle with Greenwood for that right side? Yeah, Greenwood's 18. Of all of the players I've seen Manchester United hype, this is, this is the one I believe. So I've seen them hype Rashford. I've seen them hype... Uh, Makeda, I've seen them hype Yanezai, I was kind of Yanezaj. <laughs> I've seen them hype, uh, I'm forgetting the kid's name, Damn. Daniel James. Nah, it's one of the older ones. Oh man, Ravel Morrison. Who exactly you don't remember <laughs> Ravel Morrison? He was like one of their top yes, players. I, and then he went I know to... who he is, that's why I said who. Ah, <laughs> Google him. Where's he at now, man? <laughs> I, was like, I didn't want to. He's like some light skinned dude. I didn't want to bring up like skin color. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was. Lingard is another one. Shout out to the comments. Like they've hyped so many players. And I'm just like, okay, yeah. You guys have another one. Kind of the same way Chelsea do. With like, oh, Nathaniel Chalaba is going to be the next. Or this guy's going to be the next. Oh, wow. Or so that guy's going to be the next. He moved. He's currently at Sheffield United, but on loan at Middlesbrough. The most goals he ever scored in a season is six goals. When did he graduate from the United Premier. Academy? Um, so 2010. 2010, yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, I'm just all the time you hear about these United prospects, Danny Welbeck, etc. They're oh, all oh, this, oh, yeah, Ling, Ling, Lingard. Lingard, yeah, Lingard, Welbeck. Like you hear about them all the time, but of all the ones I've seen. Yeah, Greenwood is good. Greenwood good. looks like okay. Like I believe you. Yeah, right time. foot, left foot. A broken clock is right balance. twice a day. This is one of the two times. Maybe Rashford is the other one. So yeah, if I was Sancho, I'm I'm waiting. Just like I want the right move, not just a move. Another young player that's tangentially related to us mm, via we'll see, connection to to Nigeria could be going to Napoli. Um, what are, what are you? Yeah, what are your thoughts? I really don't know because you see. This is what I always say. Whenever there's like a really young talent, whether mm-hmm. I'm riding with him or not, I always say move when you are absolutely sure. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a prodigy like Mbappe, where you were just you're just given a special talent of where like as a, as a 17 year old, you're already a superstar at, at 17. But for 99.9% of players who aren't on Mbappe, stay where you are guaranteed first in football, continue to grow continue to grow, then make the move. So at one point, as much as I am excited, that oh, wow, we can now see him in a bigger market, I am worried that it, it may be too early for him to move. I'm worried. Because again, this is your first big season at Lille. You've done great. Have another one, another and another and another, and continue to grow, continue to grow, because this is a I team agree. where which will guarantee you first in four. But, but see, this, see this, is the, this is the tricky thing. It's like you're an agent, maybe. So, like, if we were an agency, like Half Hope and Daniel decided to create an agency. If you're Sancho, I trust that you'll have another great season just because I believe in the talent in that league 
in that team, in that position. I know what you're going to do. You're going to get another 20 assists and 10 goals and everything's going to be fine. You're not going to lose value. If you're a striker who just had, you know, one season, one good season, maybe one and a half good seasons at Lille and a team like Napoli comes around, ideally you might want to advise him, look, just stay develop. That way when you move, you're actually ready to hit the ground running. But it's almost like, look, this is too good to pass up because we don't know how he's going to do next season in France again. So why not just go ahead and get the five-year deal, get a raise in wages, maybe 100%. Now you have a client locked in one of the bigger markets in the world. Like, doesn't that make sense from just a business perspective or just like looking out for your client in that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if you look at somebody like, uh, obviously I always bring it back to Chelsea, but <laughs> if you look at somebody like Batshuayi, for instance, he had a good season with Marseille. I think he had maybe like 17 goals in 30 games or something like that. He had a decent season. Then Chelsea came, 32 million pounds. And we're like, hey, we we want you to come to Chelsea. Ideally, he probably should have stayed in France and kept developing as a 22, 23-year-old. But he comes to Chelsea. He's not the first guy because Diego Costa's there. Then they get Morata. Then Tammy Abraham comes into the picture. And now he's kind of been politicized to the bench, he's not even making it. Obviously, Conte goes and gets Giroud and all that kind of stuff because he doesn't really fit the tactics. Now, maybe we can make the argument that Osimhen will start. Can we make that argument at Napoli that, like, if they buy him, he will he will play one hundred percent? Because I've just been doing some research. So Tottenham are in pursuit of Milik. Mm-hmm. So I do believe that their plan is to sell Milik to Tottenham or Juve. So both Tottenham or Juve looking for Milik. So I think if Milik now moves, then that would obviously be him filling in the top spot. And also, what I read was Gattuso told the president that De Laurentiis that I only want one player this transfer window, only one, and that's Osimhen. That's it. That's the only player I want. Go all in on him. If that's the case, that has to mean that, look, it's good. But the funny thing, though, is, which is crazy, is Osimhen's agents was like, okay, you know what? Weighing the options and so forth. <laughs> and then he said that, you know, one thing that worries him is the whole racism issue in mm. Italy. I was like, how is it in 2020 where one of the stumbling blocks of moving to a club is racism in 2020? No, but I agree. Like, again, if, if we were... If, if, of course, that's 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, like, if we were agents... And we had a player who's like, hey, we have an offer between Fenerbahce or someplace in Turkey, or you could go to Calgary or Calgary or wherever it is. I'm like, bro, we're, we're going to Turkey. Like, I'm not even going to let you go to hey, Italy. Like, bro, I've had some 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 stuff in Turkey as, as well. Me too. But I'm just saying, like, after True. what if, they did to, like, Moise King yeah. and yeah. Lukaku and all that stuff, like, bro, like, we're not going to Italy. Are you crazy? Because that, that means I have to visit Italy as well now. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, wait, wait, do, do you know what's funny? And as you, maybe when I hear yourself, but you hear racial incidents in England, Italy, in Spain, the whole of Eastern Europe. Which country had neo-Nazis and so forth? Maybe Germany. I've missed them. I've never really heard of any racial incidents in the country that's bred the neo-Nazis and Hitler. Well, I think that's because Germany had a concerted effort to erase as much yeah. of that stuff as possible. Obviously, you can't erase it all. Not to mention, if we're just focusing on anti-black racism, that's kind of as different, I guess, than what the neo I'm not saying neo-Nazis love black people, but, you know, that's more anti-Semitic. So mm. if you're a Jewish or Arab or something like that, they probably have a bigger problem with you than if you're, like, black. So I don't know. We'd have to, like, I wonder how many Jewish footballers there are in the Bundesliga and how do people respond to that more so than yeah. blackness? Because blackness in Italy seems to be, like, a strange thing even somebody like balotelli is like you know we need to go back to africa <laughs> just like bro, like that's your Wait, home bro did, did, did he even write that for me i'm still i don't, I don't even know whether he actually wrote i, I haven't seen it confirmed yeah. if that was actually him but that's you know i'd like, like to he, think he, so. he didn't write that man he didn't, write, <laughs> he didn't write that. okay um somebody wanted me to talk about william quickly so i'm gonna take the next two minutes to discuss William. No, no, no. Um, Don't say two. Next half hour. No, 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 no. I'm I'm trying to make it quick because I know it's late. Yeah, right. What I'm saying is that you have to be an effing moron to see someone that skilled and not play either on the left or as a number 10. The floor is yours. (laughs) Okay. William has taken all the penalties for Chelsea this season that he's been allowed, I suppose, and he hasn't missed. 
the theory here is William doesn't miss penalties. In the last few games, Christian Pulisic has won many penalties. Williams converted them all, I think two. And I was watching the games and I was thinking, well, hold, 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 hang on, wait, wait a second. If you took Eden Hazard's goals that were penalties in the six years that they played together, or maybe seven years that they played together, and you gave them to Willian, and he made all the penalties, what would that do to the narrative? So <laughs> I had to go to I don't it wasn't who scored, it was uh, transfermark.com. They have this like little thing where you can like look at all the penalty goals. Come to find Eden Hazard took 31 penalties for Chelsea and he made 26. So I was like, okay, let's take 26 goals from Eden Hazard and let's give 26 goals to Willian. What happens to the numbers? That's it. They've both played roughly 350 games for Chelsea. Willian would be somewhere around 85 goals and Hazard would have been somewhere around 90 goals. So a five goal difference and Hazard's played more games, but it's around 350. So I'm thinking if you put Willian on the left, not him on the right tracking all the runners that Conte and Mourinho wanted him to do, and you gave him penalties, Willian would be the one that would have been sold for $100 million, especially after Neymar goes to PSG. Barca would have gone to Chelsea because they've wanted him for the longest, and they'd offer the $100 million that they did for Coutinho or Dembele, and that would have been the guy, and Eden Hazard probably would have stayed at Chelsea doing whatever he was doing. So the, the theory goes, if you gave Eden Hazard's licensees to Willian and allowed him to play centrally and on the left rather than the inverse, Willian would actually be the player that people thought was the best at Chelsea because his goals would have matched there, there about Eden Hazard's mm. and he would have been able to play on a side that favored his trademark jink mm. that opens up the whole pitch. If instead of doing it at 32, you gave him this freedom at 25, Willian would have been, I don't know. Somewhere near the top five players in the world. You're going to go top five in the world. People people had Eden Hazard top five. It was Cristiano, Messi, Neymar. Then it, like a, then it drops off. Then you get like, you know, Eden Hazard and those kinds of guys, Lewandowski, Suarez, etc. Willian could have been in that bracket if he played in the right position and was given penalties. He would have been in that idea. Then we then we get into the idea of Brazil. At Brazil, he was never going to take over from Neymar on the left. No, 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 no. You see, that's, that's, so that's, that's the there's that. But then get, if you give William the confidence of I'm the main guy at Chelsea, and I guess this is what this guy wanted me to talk about, this thing that I tweeted about. If you gave him the confidence that I'm the guy at Chelsea, who knows? Maybe he says, what's up to Neymar? I'm just saying. No, no, no. no okay, well, look, to be honest, like, no, he, he doesn't. But I'll say this. <laughs> if if William was being told that, you're the main guy just because he's Brazilian and yes, because he's black and dark skinned. I think that within his psychology, he would have done some crazy things <laughs> because I remember this guy at Shakhtar Donetsk and I see those kinds of Brazilian blacks, the way that they operate <laughs> psychologically, <laughs> he would have been, he would have ripped things open. He would have ripped things open. I just, it's just, it was just, so, it's unfortunate. The when I look at it and I see how many times he's played on the right. Because Lampard is is a moron. It, no, it's not just like, him. Sorry, you have to it's, be, it's not just yeah, Lampard. Yeah. It's Mourinho, it's yeah. Conte, it's yeah. sorry, it's all of them. Let's be real. Your excuse was always, we've got Eden Hazard. True. But now there's no Eden Hazard now. But play a formation that allows one to play on the left and one to play centrally. Okay, no, no, true. So, no, no, but I'm saying that it's even more so now with no Eden Hazard. There is no excuse not to play William, who is probably right now your best attacking player, not on the left. So the fact that you're putting... Look, Pulisic has been amazing. He's been quality. But why would you put Barkley or Mark? You see, you have to be a flipping moron. I'm sorry, you have to be a moron to put either Mount or Barkley in the number 10 creative position over a Brazilian. <laughs> even, if it was, even, if it was, even if it was a Brazilian selling ground, not... If it was a Brazilian from the road setting ground, not you don't put Barkley or Mount in a creative position over a Brazilian selling ground, not on the road in Morocco. <laughs> so I guess somebody wanted me to talk about William. So there you go. That's my William point. I think William is perhaps the most underrated footballer of his generation. Ooh, that's that's an interesting. That's that's an interesting. And and not because of what he did on the pitch, but because of what he wasn't allowed to accomplish on the pitch. So with Chelsea always on the right. Brazil always on the right, even though he's right-footed and we play in an era of inverted wingers. So what is that about? 
for for teams that want to play inverted wingers. Otherwise, they would have Neymar on the right and Hazard on the right. So basically, he's so good that he ruins people's plans. Oh, we we don't need a, we don't need to buy a left footed player or play Douglas Costa or play somebody. We'll just play Willie and out of position. Why? He must be that good. But it's just he's not as good as the guy that is above him in Hazard and Neymar. Uh, anything else that's on this list? Um, I'm not seeing anything. So we'll take questions for the next nine minutes or there thereabout. I saw in London they opened the bars and stuff. So are you partaking or are you staying inside no. like a smart no, no, person? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, still, I'm still staying inside, <laughs> just going locally to do shopping and stuff because I'm like, are you guys dumb? <laughs> because like, Are you stupid or are you dumb? Is it? No, because I saw guys are literally like full on all the way through, fully like no social distancing. Guys are just crowded places. Like, Wait a minute. You do know that this disease can still be lingering about. But government just said, hey, you can go. People have been locked in since March. So guys are like, man, screw this. All the streets, all the pubs, everywhere has just been chock up block full of people all around. This. You got to be smart, man. You got to be smart with your life. Let let the first people go out and be the guinea pigs and see what happens. But don't be in that first wave. Don't, don't, don't be that first. No, because I was even speaking to my neighbors and they were saying that, no, they believe that, they, that there will be a second wave. I think so too. So wait, so we're gonna be doing this for what another year? <laughs> Until there's a what a vaccine? But if you listen to somebody like uh, Louis Farrakhan, the Honorable Minister, and you know, like... I listened to that. I listened to the entire address, almost three hours. <laughs> Guys, my my young black. We will talk friends, after. We'll, we'll talk. We'll after. talk. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk. talk. Um, Thoughts on the Gendouzi situation? Is it actually yep. a blessing in disguise for Arsenal, who needs to rebuild? Their midfield. So let's give some context here. Again, we must always say we must be responsible and professional. Reportedly, reportedly, there was a bus stop between Ateta and Genduzi. So he's been banned from first team training for the past two weeks. People have said this is pretty much spelled the end of his time at Arsenal. Genduzi is talented. Mm-hmm. I think he's useful. Mm-hmm. Unless Arsenal gets Pate. Or another strong midfielder, they are losing out on a potentially very, very good player in Genduzi, who, because he's so young, you don't know how good he can be in the next three, four, five years. So you see, what I find interesting is he's not an Arsenal player. What do I mean by that? He's young, but he didn't come from their academy. He he was somebody that Emery, I believe, knew about from Lorient, and they bought him. And I think he was formerly in the PSG Academy or something like that. And they bought him, but he I don't think he ever played in the Arsenal Academy. So he's not like a Saka or a Maitland-Niles or Joe Willock or um, Eddie Nketiah or somebody like that. So I don't think he has any loyalty to Arsenal in the same way that they might. So Saka signs a new contract. He's like, I'm from London. This is my team. I'm happy to be here. God is great. All that kind of stuff. Guendouzi's like, look, man, this team's ass. I didn't come here to be <laughs> not even playing Europa League football. I came here from Lorient hoping, expecting that, you know, I could be whatever I could be. Um, mm. And that this was a step up in my career. But is it really? So, I mean, maybe he did have a bust up with Arteta or whatever the case was. Yeah, I, he's not. I don't think he's loyal to Arsenal in the same way because he's not an Arsenal guy. So maybe he could just go back to France or someplace like that and be in a better position for his career. But for Arsenal, it is a loss because I, I I can see the talent. It's quite evident. But it is it a blessing in disguise? I'm not I'm not quite sure about that part. Um, Matthew McGrath, I don't recognize the name, so shout out. Thanks for the question. Tiago Alcantara to Liverpool. So so, so so why do you? Yeah, I mean it's quite weird that he wants why to leave Bayern Munich. Liverpool's midfield though is its functionality. In the mm. sense that you put in Henderson, you put in Oxley Chamberlain or Milner or Wanaljum or those guys, and they're kind of just there to do work. So yeah, um, so Tiago's a, an interesting piece. They don't have a player like him right now, I don't think. Maybe Kate Keita was supposed to kind of be that player to connect the attack in the midfield, but not. He's not a Tiago. So okay. So so do you think that this would be a? Is, do you think this is the player that Liverpool need? Because, um, I mean, he's he's good, but Liverpool need, like, a Bruno Fernandes. That's who they need. First, I think Thiago coming into the Premier League is going to take an adjustment period. Maybe not a whole season, but him playing against, like, a Burnley. How do you think that will work out? Maybe his technique is just so good. 
But I feel like he'd be muscled off a lot of stuff and learning how to do like aerial contests and winning second balls and all that kind of stuff. I think he'd it'd take time to adjust. Kind of the same way Keita, it took time to adjust. I think he's kind of up to speed now. But So obviously this guy, his real name is Infinity. Obviously he just, he's putting this name just to try and be Rude. amusing. Um, so he says, thoughts on a Pogba Thiago swap? No. <laughs> let's just stop all right there we go all right so guys thanks for tuning in to talk with tactics this is week you know we, we do this every 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 monday it comes out on tuesday i'm nigerian then it is half half ugandan half canadian Please subscribe to the Patreon. We talk about racism and watch stuff about kids living in gangland areas and stuff. And so I hope, hope you enjoyed this week's Talking Tactics, man. Keep going. Sign the <laughs> All right, guys, this has been the Talking Tactics podcast. We thank you guys for listening. Uh, we do the podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Instagram. Twitter is the main one. If you're on Spotify, give us a follow. If you're on iTunes, subscribe. It's free. Have hope. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the streets, man. Um, I'm at Daniel to look. Carl is at Inkerman616. Shout out to everybody in the comments. Subscribe to YouTube if you haven't already. Hit the likes, I guess. Is that something people say? Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 like the vid, man. Doesn't cost you anything, man. Bloody lazy bastard. <laughs> and we will see you guys next week. Talking Texas podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Unless it isn't. <laughs> Peace. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.